0: Welcome back to the Bold Calls Fantasy Football Show. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. We got Alan Soslowski of the Rotawire Fantasy Football Show. Alan and I are going to talk today about what's going on in all the NFL training camps, battles, and position battles that we need to keep close attention to. It's going to be a good one. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, Mr. Alan Sazlowski. Brother, how you doing? That's a
1: fancy intro video you have there. You've really upped
0: the uh the
1: podcast game here with the uh the fancy intro.
0: You know, over here at DFS Army, we decided that once you got the hell out of the program, <laughs> like we got we gotta class this, this this thing up a little bit. So yeah, and there's right. actually there's a few pretty cool ones, but man, so for those of you who are longtime listeners and subscribers to the DFS Army products. You know Alan Soslowski, a.k.a. Season Long Says, very, very well. Al, you've had quite the journey in, frankly, a very short period of time. You were doing work over here at DFS Army. You and I were doing a show together. You did a little bit of work with Roster Watch, And now you found your way over to Rotowire. So for those of you who are just catching up, why don't you let the people know just what are you doing over at Rotowire, um, how are you enjoying it, and what have you learned so far?
1: Yeah, man. know you guys have done a great job keeping Bull Call Podcast alive. I I obviously enjoy interacting with you and uh, listening to the podcast. It's appointment listening for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as you as you said, you know, I'd always uh, started off like working in the chat rooms, the Discord of DFS Army. I love interacting with people, and and certainly uh, did the same thing over at Roster Watch. Loved writing articles, and now I'm just uh, doing the the video content grind, putting out my fantasy takes, trying to do some uh, some some video and YouTube work, and like I said, just always trying to stay out there and talk about fantasy football because at the end of the day, you have to do what you love, and you and I both love this game, the content game, the fantasy football game, and now we're in August, so I want to help some people win their leagues, uh, take some of our advice, take some of our strategy, but again, make your own decisions. That's what we always say. We'll, we'll hash out the takes. We'll hash out uh, what we think is going to happen, but ultimately,
0: everyone needs to decide what they're going to do with their own fantasy teams. It's just how do you take the information and make the best decision. That's all we're trying to get you to do here. For those of you who aren't following Al, most of you probably are, but go check him out on Twitter at Alan Soslowski. My favorite place to follow you, Al, because frankly, I'm going to just say it. I'm gonna I'm going to drop this on you. I think you're an innovator. I'm going to oh, say it because- One of the things that's really underutilized in this space, period, is just a video game, right? I mean, you see there's there's TikTok videos out there that are entertaining and stuff, but yours are both entertaining, visually impressive. And now that I've been dabbling in the video game for the last year and a half or so, I just have a new appreciation for the level of detail and just every video you do. Gets better and better so if you want good content you want to be entertained go follow al on tiktok i mean listen this is where the world is going <laughs> we're going to that under 60 seconds give me the information quickly so go do it now well well here it is here, the program.
1: Here, here's the way to do it vertical video like you know most people watch video on their phone so vertical mm-hmm. video, and I, I can have this discussion all day so you just stop me when when you want to yeah. get into some fantasy football i guarantee
0: but- you right now kevin is just like cringing like let's no get to the no content.
1: no now, people, listen, people consume content in different ways. Yeah. I think anyone that, uh, it, most people look on their phone, we're in the uh, the thumb-scrolling you know, world that we live in now, mm-hmm. and I think that the whole idea behind uh, vertical video content is to get people to be interested in what you're saying, but then also drive them to longer-form content on YouTube. So mm-hmm. that's how you introduce a new audience to what you're doing, and if they connect with that, if you're giving value to them in short form, they're going to want to see what's going on in your long-form, content so uh thank you for saying all that and that's i just think that's where the world is right now it's in short form vertical video
0: yeah and also i forgot to mention for those of you who are who have serious xm subscriptions al you're going once a every week? sun every, every sunday we're on sirius xm channel 87 the fantasy sports channel
1: 1 to 3 p.m for the entire off season i do that show with jim coventry and
0: uh yeah man every sunday we do some some uh some good stuff over there it's good content appreciate it so talked enough I don't want to bury the lead we got to talk about your beloved New York Jets okay because on my timeline constantly is getting blown up by Elijah Moore highlight videos we saw one today we're recording this on August 2nd the one-hander of course it was from Joe Flacco is what it is it's crazy right so we got Elijah Moore we got the rookie Garrett Wilson who is highly drafted in the draft this year you got Maurice Hall you got Michael Carter okay for one, do you have confidence drafting any of these players? Let's 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 start with Elijah Moore at the current ADP that you're being taken at.
1: Yeah, Elijah Moore, I'm I'm getting on a lot of my teams. I found that because he's readily available in the fifth round. It sounds like you know a couple drafts I just let him go in these best mm-hmm. ball drafts just mm-hmm. to see where he would go, and he's falling now to like the middle, of the sixth, the end of the sixth round. So if you want to get him and you just want to secure him in the in the fifth round that's fine I just believe in him as a player I don't have a lot of confidence in Zach Wilson based on what we saw last year I mean there is it's it's interesting because you know Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence both basically flamed out for versus what their expectations were right and we're giving Trevor Lawrence the mulligan right he's still getting drafted as QB 16 ish and you feel good about him because the coaching staff is you know basically they have a real credible coaching staff in there now versus what they had as their baseline so So with Zach Wilson, I'm unsure because, you know, Elijah Moore's big games last year did come with Mike White and Joe Flacco. As you pointed out, the highlight was from him, but I'm still betting on talent there. Uh, As far as the other players, the other pass catchers, I'm not taking any Garrett Wilson. I'm going to let somebody else take him. If I'm wrong on that, that's fine. It's just, it's already difficult to see rookie receivers produce. I mean, we got spoiled with Chase. We got spoiled with Jalen Waddell, but I don't think Garrett Wilson's on that level. I don't think anybody does. And he's going to be one of three guys getting targets four, if you count Brees Hall, five, if you count Michael Carter, who are all projected to get passes. So, I mean, he'll have his games and mm-hmm. it's fine in the ninth or 11th round of a best ball, but good luck figuring out when to start him in season long. If you draft him in the 10th, 11th round, you're probably going to end up dropping him by week three for a hot free agent, is my prediction.
0: Yeah. I mean, Garrett Wilson's so tough. I mean, one of my favorite players coming into the rookie drafts this season was Garrett Wilson. In fact, he pre NFL draft, he was my number one. That's where I settled on Garrett Wilson was my one. You, at the time, controversially, with Chris Olave. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's it's looking pretty good for Olave right now, but. And by um, the way, I, I want to
1: interrupt you only because I didn't like Chris Olave thinking he was the best receiver in this class. No. I liked him as the be- as the number one receiver in this class being that he was, uh, that he probably had the safest floor. So when you're in a rookie draft, in these dynasty leagues and you have no idea what you're getting, unless there's like a clear Jamar chase one wide receiver one, mm-hmm. I just wanted to hit like a double. That's why it's not like I thought he was going to be better than Drake London or Trey Burks. I just knew that he, it, not new. I thought that he would be uh, the safest option.
0: Alex is rocking the money ball. Just get on base. It makes sense. though. So. and look, uh, we've talked about this. Um, somehow this is going to always turn into a Chris Olave conversation because we both love the guy. He reminds me actually, the more I watch it, he reminds me of Brandon cooks in the style Mm. of his play where he doesn't necessarily always just utilize that, that, you know, game breaking speed of his, but he has that in his arsenal. So he'll get a couple of those deep targets. Um, I'm on record of saying I'm, I'm out on Michael Thomas. I don't care that he's quote healthier in camp. The fact that it's taken what, two years on the ankle is, is just to me, I don't buy it. Now, if I'm wrong on Michael Thomas, that's fine. I'll accept that, but I'm drafting crystal Lave over Michael Thomas. Um, How about about Jarvis Landry? Jarvis Landry, are you interested in him at all in like the 12th, 13th round? Not really. There's no upside to Jarvis Landry Landry as far as I see it, right? Like, You know what? If you're in a deep league where you start three wide receivers and you have, say, two or three flex spots plus a super flex and it's a very deep league, then yeah, Jarvis Landry is going to have a role in a team like that. But, I mean, it's something that you and I have talked about forever. You want to draft your bench for upside. That's how you're going to win your league, right? Because you can find wide receivers on the waiver wire that are going to get you eight to 12 points in in any given week, right? You're you're just, you're you're hoping they're going to get five or six targets and maybe get 70 yards. Like that, that's a win for one of these random waiver wire players. But you know, who is not going to be a random waiver wire player is Brees Hall. I got to talk to you about Brees Hall before we move on from the jets here. So he continues to have a depressed ADP relative to other high pedigree running backs that have been drafted. And, The worry has always been, well, for one, it's the Jets, right? we got to see it to believe it before we trust the The Jets. Jets. It's the same conversation with Elijah Moore. But with Brees Hall, Michael Carter had an ankle thing today. Um, I like Michael Carter. We both liked him last season. He doesn't hold a candle compared to Brees Hall and his talent. What is your opinion on, quote, drafting Brees Hall in the dead zone? And I'm going to put you on the clock here. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. you got (laughs) Brees Hall. Your guy, Zeke. They're both on the board. It's right around the three, four turn. Who are you taking there?
1: Well, I could probably get them both by ADP, right? Because I'm yeah. always, I'm Zeke uh, Elliott doesn't get out of the third round with me. So, I, and Brees Hall routinely goes in the fourth mm-hmm. round. I've never seen no. Brees Hall go in the third round in any of the drafts I've been in. It's very interesting. Let me. You make a, a really good point. Is that the RB1, the first running back drafted in any given year doesn 't matter where they go, they usually go in the first round of fantasy yep. drafts, if not the second round I've never seen uh, the RB1 in any class go out of the off the two three turn. Mm-hmm. Brees Hall is going like the end of the fourth round. I mean wow. I, I was on a lot of podcasts talking about how I think Bruce Hall is one of the worst fourth round picks, but In two important drafts, I drafted Brees Hall in the fourth round, so I must not really think that. I I think that it's easy to see the upside. Everyone liked Brees Hall's uh, measurables. They liked his athleticism. They, They liked his draft pedigree. Uh, It's just that he's on the Jets, and there's that Jets bias. Uh, This is what's going to happen. Even Jonathan Taylor, who was in a similar situation where he was a high second-round pick on a a good offense, the Jets aren't even considered a good offense, was basically useless for fantasy for the first eight weeks of his rookie year. In fact, he was dropped in a lot of leagues, and then he was picked up, and whoever picked him up sort of benefited from that mm-hmm. <laughs> from those last you know five weeks of fantasy so if Jonathan if this happened to Jonathan Taylor if it more or less happened to Clyde Edwards or I think at least in the fourth round it's priced in a little bit you had to take Taylor and Clyde Edwards or as a, fr- a first it's fringe first round pick uh, I could see it with Brees Hall especially if there's pass catching there but you know just understand that it could be like a zero you could be in. he could have um 12 carries for 60 yards in, in week one, and then it could have 17 carries for 43 yards in week two. And there could be no touchdown there. So, you know, you get eight points, 11 points. It's like, yeah, sure. You keep them, but you're not really getting what you paid for. I think it's a reasonable upside bet, but I'm not, if it, if it fails completely in the first month mm-hmm. of the season, I'm not going to be surprised.
0: Yeah. And that's a really good point. Right. Um, I have a really good friend of mine he's an Indianapolis Colts fan he's die hard fan he has been for years and when the Colts drafted Jonathan Taylor i was jumping up for joy I'm like Dave, one of the best o lines in the league JT's gonna eat and a month into the season he's like Shane i hate you set like you know setting Jinx. up my, these these expectations and hopes and here's the thing okay and, and we both follow player profiler you're you know i know you've been on oh, yeah. Matt Kelly a few times their best comparable player for Reese hall is Jonathan Taylor Okay, When you look at his athleticism and college production, that's who it translates out to be. So for those of you who drafted Jonathan Taylor, it, it comes down to roster construction at that point, right? Because you are, you're you're going to be passing on some of these high-end, quote, breakout wide receivers that you can get in the fourth round if you're going to be taking Brees Hall. But understand that if you can somehow build on the back end, say, rounds 8, 9, 10, and get somebody like a Melvin Gordon or somebody just to kind of ride the tide for the first couple of weeks. Because you know MG3 is going to have a role in that offense. Despite what all the fantasy gamers hope, it sounds like it's going to be similar uses to last year. So, Here, here's here's the problem though with what yeah. you again it's not you, what you're saying is totally logical
1: but when yeah. you're in the draft you're not thinking about the eighth round when you're stuck in the fourth round you're looking at the list of no. running backs this is what happened to me I had drafted Najee Harris at pick five I came back with Mike Evans got Michael Pittman in round three now I'm like okay I need a running back I'm sitting there in like the four point or four, four point eight and I'm like oh, man it's like David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson and I'm like or I could take Brees Hall, you know, so that's, you're not thinking like, ah, I'll just take a a breakout wide receiver here. And then in the eighth round, I'll be lucky enough to get, it's just, it's the psychology of a draft. If you're disciplined, how you're just talking about, sure. Great. But think about when that clock is ticking and there's in 30 seconds, 15 seconds, 10 ah, Brees Hall, click.
0: (laughs) The thing about that, Al, and we implore, getting in the reps so that when you're on the clock and it's ticking down, you're not going to have that panic moment because you know, if you make that decision in four rounds, I'm going to have player X or player Y available to me because I've done 15 odd $3 best ball entries, right? So code DFS army over at underdog go now. That's that's how you get better. And I'll, I don't know if there's anybody that I know that does more drafts when you look at <laughs> underdog drafts, redraft drafts, dynasty. and, of course, the to dynasty leagues. How many do you win now, by the way? Oh, what's, my God. It's, it's disgusting.
1: I think I'm in 28 dynasty leagues. I've done well over 71 best ball. If you include just, like, even $3 best balls, $5 best balls. I, don't, I didn't do too many of the 25ers, but I did a ton yeah. of the puppies. And, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's and, you know, I'll be in, like, five or
0: probably eight redrafts. And you still get the anxiety when you're in clock, eh?
1: Um this there. one was a high pre- this this happened to be oh, a wow. high pressure situation. Yeah. I was uh doing other things. Um yeah, it had it was in Vegas. There might have been some scotch involved. So oh, was uh, this
0: when you were there with the Rotowire team?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice. and, I, and I was doing some video work and they were like, "Hey, it's your turn to pick and you know yeah. that kind of I was of stuff.
0: in uh I was in the Scott Fish Bowl this year and thanks again Scott Fish. And I took Bruce Hall Halls to my RB1 and I'll admit I was I was nervous when I when I chose that player but you know i don't we don't generally say draft based on need but the value was there i like Brees hall i'm bullish on Brees hall this year yeah it's easy to see the upside it's easy to see the upside i see the upside And, and you know i'm i understand you have to get to the first month you have to get to the first two months you have to get you know you have to get to the playoffs to make it to the fantasy football playoffs i get it okay but Brees hall has the talent to win you the league I have adopted to eat it in recent years, where I'm willing to swing for the fences and take players, smart players. Like don't be stupid about it, right? But take players that are going to help me win the league. So if I can, I've I have enough confidence in my ability to draft these kind of Chase Edmonds, for example, is a nice uh, guy who you know he's getting the workload in Miami. You can get him around seven. He's relatively cheap. You can plug and play him if you're not comfortable starting Brees Hall. You want to see. What The Jets do with Brees Hall for the first couple of weeks. You can play a player like that, oh, um, yeah, because we want to win our leagues, Alex. Even that's like why we're doing this,
1: yeah, even like a Kareem Hunt, you could stash him in your yeah. lineup if things aren't going well, yeah. No, that's
0: that's a good, really there's good a point. Few actually. Ripcords. There's a few rip cords, but okay, you brought up Antonio Gibson. This has been a highly call it subject player. Um, I just released a video just yesterday, um, over at the DFS Army Fantasy Football page so. talking about how there's a lot of risk with Antonio Gibson, and, and frankly, you know. It's the hopium, as as Kevin likes to say it. The hopium. We think, we hope that he's going to be a, a good player. But he's so cheap right now. And he's still the starting running back on an NFL team. Are you in at all on Antonio Gibson? Well, all the risk is...
1: All the risk is priced in, right? I mean, when yeah. he was going in the third round, yeah, there was real risk there. And when the momentum started, where just to back up, like the, JD McKissick in the beginning of the, of the offseason was leaving, he was about to sign in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And then we get the, the rug pulled out from behind uh, underneath us, mm-hmm. and JD McKissick signs back. So that, you know, he, we know that he's going to be involved in the passing game. And then, of course, they signed Brian Robinson, who, again, I don't think Brian Robinson's anything like great, but he sounds like he's going to have a role, and it might be a goal line role. Antonio Gibson, uh, I mean, he was RB, but 10 last year? I mean, you didn't get what you thought you were going to get because he didn't have those, like, mega, mega weeks, but Mm -hmm. he did have a bunch of, like... Uh, fantasy point scoring where it was like sixteen, eighteen, twenty two. He just went on like a month long run where it was all single digits, yeah. which yeah. really hurt you. So you didn't get what you paid for if you if you went and took him at like pick ten. So it's similar to the the feeling I have on Zeke Elliott, right? Zeke Elliott, yeah. you didn't really get what you paid for. Actually you kind of did, but it just wasn't you know, these these spike weeks, but he finished yeah. his RB seven that's Zeke. So now Antonio Gibson's in a situation where he's certainly going to be sharing the workload. I think the quarterback situation's better than it was last oh, year. Yeah, with Carson sure. Wentz, so yeah, I mean, if he's there in the sixth round, seventh round, now, I mean, uh, if, if I need, that's usually where I'm looking to take, you know, the Jalen Hurts types, like a good yes. quarterback, or if there's a, a you know, sometimes I, I I'm, I'm looking T.J. Hawkinson there, who again, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not in love with T.J. Hawkinson, but it feels like the, the depth drops off after that, like yep. you're starting T.J. Hawkinson. So if I'm not looking for my tight end, if I'm not looking for my um, you know, top seven quarterback there, then I would have no problem taking Gibson. I traded for Gibson in a couple of our dynasty leagues. Mm-hmm. Someone just tried to trade me, uh, try to get Gibson for me, but mm-hmm. they wanted him on the cheap. The upside's still there, and you know everyone talks about like, hey, Brian Robinson is one injury away from having like a full. What happens if Brian Robinson gets injured? And <laughs> you know, it's like it's, yeah. it works both ways, man. So yeah, it's the I think that there is risk. So whoever doesn't like Antonio Gibson is right. There is reason yeah. to to not like him, but all of that risk is now baked in. You don't have to spend a third or fourth round pick. It's a six round
0: pick. Yeah, I think that makes sense, and, and it's one of those situations where if you don't have a running back. And he's staring you in the face. There, you can take a shot on him, right? Um, but if you if you have two or three running backs already, probably pass. Maybe go with a Drake London who's being drafted right or get Jalen Hurts if he's still available. Like there's other options, and mm-hmm. so there's a, there's an opportunity cost. Even if you need a running back to getting Antonio Gibson, because if you're plugging and playing him and he's getting 12 points a week, and you want to kill yourself, well, that's just the price of doing business with Antonio Gibson around seven. You have to you have to take that into consideration. Okay. Let's move on to something that frankly I still am trying to parse out myself with all the news. And it, it's so hard to just filter out all the camp BS versus the camp truth. Yeah. And I'm having a hard time figuring out this Kansas City wide receiver corpse. We just saw Sky Moore was it today. Mm. He left practice because of a hip injury. That, man, for a twitchy wide receiver like Sky Moore, that worries the hell out of me, frankly. But, of course, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, who, frankly, I I think he's being underrated right now. And you've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who didn't do squat with one of the best quarterbacks in the league with Aaron Rodgers. So, one, if you had one wide receiver to draft, ADP agnostic, but you had one guy you think is going to score the most fantasy points at the end of the season. Who do you think is going to be? It's the one guy you didn't name. It's Travis Kelsey, right? ADP agnostic. (laughs)
1: Travis Travis Kelsey is set up to get, uh, you know, to see the most targets of his career. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, it's it's like the uh, you're an NBA fan, it's like Stockton and Malone, right? Mm-hmm. Stockton and Malone, it's like they, you know, they knew where each other was going to be. He would roll off the pick. I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. It was like art to watch. And that's mm-hmm. what Mahomes and Kelsey are like. They know exactly where each other is, is going to be. They know he doesn't even have to point, he just kind of head nods. It's, and I, I know Travis Kelsey's total yardage was down last year, it was like 1100 and change. He had a, a few games that were like 39 yards, and that's so fine. He doesn't, he's 33 years old. Old, he doesn't have that same, uh, you know, prime upside as he had one time. But if he gets 180 targets, I mean, he it's like, and I know it's hard to project anyone for that, it's not a responsible projection. Probably 140 though is the floor. And if he, you know, if he looks for him in the red zone, I could see a hundred catch season for Travis Kelsey, even if it's low yardage, he's still gonna have a nine touchdown floor, in my judgment. Um, so that's the obvious one, but okay. So there's going to yeah. be someone else in the passing game. You, you hit on it, right? I like Juju Smith Schuster. Juju Smith Schuster already has a top 10 finish. I mean, his, that rookie year of his was unbelievable. And yeah. he, you know, we saw that he was able to do that as the, the Robin to a Batman, right? As he was the co alpha or the ba- you know, the secondary receiver when yeah. Antonio Brown was there, this kind of lines up similarly, to with Travis Kelsey. We saw that Juju Smith Schuster didn't thrive when he was when he was the primary target. You know, you could blame Ben Roethlisberger's arm. You could say that Juju Smith Schuster wasn't ready for you know top corner coverage. Mm-hmm. But as he's back in a similar role to where he was with Antonio Brown. I can easily see looking up in October 1st and be like, wow, Juju Smith Schuster is wide receiver nine, and I got him in the sixth round. Who's this year's Cooper Cup, right? That's the biggest cliche that you mm-hmm. hear. Why can't it be Juju Smith-Schuster, the guy who finishes, uh, you know, with a, a top ten ADP, and you got him in the fourth or fifth round? Yeah, I think you can even get him in the sixth round. So He's pretty um, cheap. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that one. He's and again, you, you know, you, there's always that thing. Follow the money. He didn't even get paid that much, but I think that it's set up nice for him. He's a really good bet in the sixth round, in my judgment.
0: Yeah, I, I if I'm drafting any of these guys, it's going to be MVS for sure. I honestly think, it, sorry, not MVS, Juju. I think yeah. MVS is fool's gold. I really think he's fool's gold. He reminds me of like the DeMarcus Robinsons, the Byron Pringles. Like, yes, they're going to have secondary roles. But at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes likes to home in on specific players. That's just how he's always played. Now, maybe it's because he has Travis Kelsey and he had Tyreek Hill, even if he was less accurate then. Every team needs needs a guy
1: like MVS. They need a lid lifter, someone that can at least threaten the defense deep. I mean, you know, there was a point in Deshaun Jackson's career. I mean, there was for a point for a while that he was like a top 15, top 10, top five receiver. But late Deshaun Jackson was a better NFL player than he was a fantasy player because he made the defenses respect, you know, respect the deep ball. Marcus Valdez Scantling can do that. And the the, um, the Chiefs had problems with the safeties. Pushing up last year, sorry, pushing back last year, the too high shell. Um, you know, MVS
0: is somewhat of a solution to that issue. Here's the thing, Noel. Sky Moore ran a 4.41 40. What was MVS? I think 4.39, something like that. So it's not like he's significantly faster than obviously, you know, MVS is significantly taller than Sky Moore. Sky not a big dude. Um, he is only 510. But if they need to the speed game, Sky Moore can do that. Now, obviously, again, this this hips worry me, dude. Like this is a worrying second injury um, too for Sky Moore. I know he had the hamstring, I think, in yeah. the and then now it's, it's not it's, a good so, start. It's not and, a good start. Well, and, and for any of those runners out there, I think I think you run. You're, you're like a track or a track runner, or you do cross country. Camp. I, th- I thought you did, Al. Maybe just the cycling. You but, got the wrong guy, man. I wrong, have nothing okay. to do with track. <laughs> so I used to in, in my in my younger days, I used to run a lot um, of, of long distance running, and one of the things you find is that hamstrings. Like why fuck why my hamstrings hurt so much? And why are my hips always so damn sure? It's all connected. It makes no. sense that he has a hamstring injury. It's connected to the damn hips and hip flexors, like it's all connected. So obviously it wasn't completely healed. He pushed it too hard and he hurt himself. And that's the problem with these soft tissue injuries, is the fact that they could be reoccurring throughout the season. And so I'm just I'm putting a little bit of pause on sky until some of these fantasy doctors out there tell me he's good to go or he's not good to go. But I'm not, I'm, not sure. no, I'm not drafting him. I'm not drafting Yeah, in I the ninth have, round where he was going, yeah. I'm sure
1: he'll drop a little bit now, but in yeah. the ninth round, I was it was a hard pass for me you know in in dynasty leagues i did take him with like pick 10 pick eight you know early on but there was a lot of good hype on him but you know it's like i could still see it long term and it won't surprise me if he does have a good late mid mid season late season but in your drafts i mean
0: whoever drafts him is going to spit him back out on the early waiver wire anyway oh yeah if you um if you're if you're in a dynasty draft now and and for the most part it's redraft season through and through it's august Mm -hmm. second, like we said who are you taking first? Are you going to take George Pickens ahead of Sky Moore or Jahan Dotson? Like, the, the Pickens hype is real, man.
1: Yeah, I'm still taking Dotson first over uh, George Pickens. But, yeah, I would take – if I was doing a rookie draft today, and I, I think I'm I'm in one right now that's oh, moving very slowly, uh, but I would take Pickens. You know, it's – what do we know about Pittsburgh that they, they – they're pretty good at drafting wide receivers in the second round. Yeah. Mike Wallace. I mean, he was one of those guys. I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, it's uh I'm trying to think of the I mean Juju was a second round I think wide Deontay receiver.
0: Was a second round Deontay
1: one. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, it's just it goes on. I mean, uh, Tony Brown was like even later. He was like a was fifth, fifth or sixth, or sixth rounder. Six. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm just it would be interesting to do that exercise. Um, what was Martavis Bryant? Was he a late uh I mean bottom Not line sure. is they're they're yeah. good at this late round wide receiver thing. And yeah. um yeah, George Pickens. He, he, he was. Everyone thought of him as a first round pick, talent wise, that yep. dropped because of maturity issues. I know nothing about that, but you know that was what the narrative was around him. And now he's doing what? Oh, Chase Claypool, by the way, was another second round wide receiver. But I am saying he was another yeah, second oh, yeah, round another wide receiver. One, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and so George Pickens um, certainly deserves to be ahead of Sky Moore if you are doing a draft right now. Uh, but it's just I, I respect that first round draft pedigree so much with Jahan Dotson that I I probably in good conscience couldn't do it. But I'm sure that will happen. I'm sure because they weren't going too far apart before George Pickens uh, had some good off season blurbs written
0: about him. Yeah, I think I'm taking I'm probably taking Sky then Jahan Dotson and then George Pickens. So I you're sticking to that. your guns. Okay, I respect yeah, so, that because you're sticking to your guns. No, no, I'd take Jahan Dotson over over George Pickens.
1: You know who's a, a yeah. player that's moving up in these rookie drafts that you are actually mm. very early on? I, I never forgot this, was Wandel, Wandel. Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, you yes. were early on him in one of our I came on your
0: shows. show. We yep. talked about Sky and we talked about Wandale, I believe, didn't we?
1: Yep. Yeah. Sky Moore at that time was still like, he was kind of on the, like, that was a good call, but Wandell Robinson was the ultimate yeah. call because, you know, you were talking about that, you know, there's the, the the narrative was that he was going to be like a third, maybe a fourth, maybe even like a fifth rounder. He ends yeah. up going in the second round. You said this is a, a player that could produce. He had the high production at Kentucky. So, yeah, and now it looks like in Giants camp, he's doing really well. He's, he's playing all over the field. So, yeah, I, that one, that's a good clip too, <laughs> to for your resume right there because yeah. Wandel is a good call. And I always remembered yes, you were – how you talked about him, and I got him in a lot of my
0: drafts because of you. Yeah, I mean, it was Wandell and, and Khalil Shakir who – Man, I I'm still in on Shakir. I don't care. I'm in on Shakir. I think he's gonna have a productive career. Yeah. Not maybe not for fantasy. Maybe like a wide receiver three upside. But I like Shakir. Um, let's talk about the Giants for a sec because that's they're they're a very intriguing team for me this season, right? Last year, I mean, everybody's talking about how the Baltimore Ravens were decimated by injuries last season. Well, so so were the Giants, man. Yeah. their entire starting wide receiver core was was injured for the most part. Saquon Barkley was injured, like. This year, now that we actually have some clarity on Saquon, he's going firmly in, in round two, which I agree with. I like that. I think that's a good spot for him. In the NFFC,
1: man, he's going in round one right now. Let's see. Here, oh, let me, let, hold on. Let me pull it. so I pulled draft. The last, let's see, since the 25th of July. Yep. I could be wrong. And let's see, all positions. And so this is 43 drafts. So it's a good sample. Yep. Saquon is pick 15. So he's right on the turn now. He's yeah, right on the that's turn. that's moving up. That's, yeah. that's still moving up. And his was... min pick, let's see, his min pick
0: at, was eight. Wow. Well, did, weren't you, didn't weren't you want to drop his list? And didn't he take – didn't list take at him over 1.3? At three yeah. overall,
1: <laughs> which that's, is, again, I wouldn't do that. but. Yeah. Hey, listen. He wasn't coming back to you on the in the pick twenty one or whatever it is. So if you yeah. want him, that's the spot to take him. I think eight's a good spot for him. Ten. So I mean, if you're in the first round, you don't like yeah. the end of the first round. Sure, take him. Right. I mean, I I have other guys that I like to push up, and we can get into that. You wanted to talk about sure. the Giants, but go ahead, So Saquon.
0: Yeah. Well, I just, so so Saquon to me, he's kind of we we think we know what he is. We hope he is at least a fraction of if he's 80% of what he was his first couple of years in the league, he's going to be, he's going to smash into his ADP. That's
1: why can't that. he be a hundred percent of what he was? I mean, it's not like he had, well, he's got all the skills, yeah. you know, he's had a couple of weird injuries and he's a couple of years removed from them. Now uh, the yeah. offensive line has been upgraded. The coaching has been upgraded, right? If it, he's a hundred
0: percent of his previous self, he should be in the conversation with JT and Christian McCaffrey. Well, that's what Chris List thinks. Yeah, <laughs> it, it perplexes me. The people have this blinder. Christian McCaffrey has been just as injured as Saquon Barkley, but yet we're still going to draft him at two.
1: Yeah, well, here's the reason. Again, I'm not taking Christian McCaffrey in the top five, so yeah. I, I'm on the side of that argument. So here's what, if I was arguing the other side of it, is that in the handful of games that McCaffrey did play over the last couple of years, he did give you those oh, massive wow. games, like 25 points each time he played. I don't know the exact numbers, but... Yeah but when Barkley played, you know, a couple of those times, even when he was injured, they, they weren't good games. So that's why, but look, Barkley's not far behind. He's like 10 ADP spots behind them. If you're in an overall contest where there's a, you know, a huge grand prize, I could totally see taking Christian McCaffrey in the top one or two. But if you're just in a league where six teams make the playoffs, there's just, I don't like taking that kind of risk in the first round, but I, I do respect it if you do so.
0: You okay. know, no, I like that. I like that. Where are you at on Daniel Jones and Superflex leagues? Because I understand in one QB leagues it's probably not in conversation. But where are you comfortable drafting Daniel Jones? Like, are you ha- happy as as your QB two? Yeah, Super I mean,
1: it, if I have if Daniel Jones is going at what like QB twenty or something like that, twenty two yeah. something like that. So. If you want to uh, deploy a strategy of taking an early quarterback and then filling your roster with you know all the position players, that's a pretty high upside QB too. Especially if you have like a, a Pat Mahomes type or just someone who's just rock solid. Even like Russell Wilson, you yeah. can take a few chances because even later on, if you want to get a third quarterback, you know Marcus Mariota or Mitch Trubisky, someone who doesn't have the the job security for the full season. Yeah, I like the upside of Daniel Jones. Think about the, uh, the normal progression of first-round quarterbacks. Year one, they get their shot. doesn't matter if they take their lumps. Year two, okay, they get their shot again, but now the coaches have an eye on them. Year three, if it hasn't really kicked in yet and he hasn't uh, realized his full potential, yeah. what they do is they bring in a veteran, right? And who's that veteran? They brought in Tyrod Taylor, who was with Coach Brian Dable at yeah. Buffalo, Brian Dable doesn't want to go five and, you know, have five wins his first year. He wants to, I'm certain that he wants to make the playoffs. Of course he does, but they don't want to have a five-win season. They want to have a nine, ten-win season, and Tyrod Taylor is just the caretaker do. If it goes south, if the the Giants are one and five, one and six, that's the problem with Daniel Jones. I like him, and I like his fantasy upside, but he
0: has true benching risk. Well, apparently there's some murmurs... That uh, they're interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, so I don't know. To me, if you're training for Jimmy Garoppolo and you have a guy like Daniel Jones, who last year had a lot of injuries, his entire supporting cast was injured. Like, you're not any further ahead by by going in and getting Jimmy Garoppolo because do they really think they have a, I mean, they probably think they they do. do. But, but here, like, it, Daniel Jones would probably be part of that trade though, so he wouldn't be on the roster. I'm assuming if
1: they trade if they trade for Garoppolo, my yeah. guess is Daniel Jones would be the backup to Trey Lance.
0: But what's the salary? It's probably about around 18
1: million. Um, right, but you're you, there would be other pieces involved with that, but you yeah. know, Daniel Jones is on a rookie contract. I, I'm just again, I haven't looked at his contract ahead of time, but I'm guessing it's like six or eight million in year three
0: for a top six pick. Yeah, I can look at yeah, That's true. That's true. I just thought Baker and um yeah, Baker and Sam Darnold were right around 18 mil for, for yeah, But
1: those before. guys were on the last year of their rookie deals. Uh, Dan here, I got it, uh, kind of right here. Oh, sorry. Yeah.
0: We, we do have the internet.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. This so it has when we go off script.
1: Yeah, no, that's okay though. This, yeah. this is interesting. I think, I think people would be interested in something like this. Um, oh my God, I just lost it. I had it for a second, but yeah, no, but that they would figure out. And then you know how these teams do. They, they figure out a way for like, who's going to eat the salary, yeah. you know? Yeah. So well,
0: the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is they can come today. And he's out. There's no guarantees for his twenty five million dollars. So, I mean, he's um, going to take a pay cut, but have an opportunity to compete because it's very clear. San Fran, they've told him he's not even at camp, right? He's not there. He's not participating with the team. They're moving on from him. So it, it makes sense. oh Jesus. You want to hear this one?
1: His um his salary for this year is less than a million dollars. Daniel Jones. Really? Holy. Crap. It's nine hundred thousand. His his cap hit. If he was cut, obviously wouldn't yeah. be cut, would be eight million. But yeah, no, he's a uh nine hundred nine hundred thousand dollars. Um, yeah, he got a four million dollar bonus.
0: Yeah. I mean it, basically huh. it's, a, it's
1: it's it's a million dollars. It's nothing, it's yeah. a rookie contract.
0: Okay, okay, but but we're on the same page here. Like if, if you use your QB2 and you wait, like I used you, you sent me one of your drafts that you did, um, an auction draft, actually, which
1: you like re- Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, it was right. A great <laughs> team, man.
0: Well, for one, it was auction, which I appreciate. But, right, right. Um, no, I had a good experience,
1: I had a good experience, which sets me up for a better attitude with your there auction. You
0: there you go. We need to have a show just on how great auction <laughs> leagues are and some auction Let's strategy, not get crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, okay. Dallas, you're on record. We're not going to repeat it. You love Ezekiel Elliott as ADP. Well established. Yeah. Okay. Who are you taking as a wide receiver to? Or you just, in, like? Are you are you comfortable with Jalen Tolbert in Dallas as a wide receiver too?
1: I, I took him. I I got him for a buck in our auction. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, am I comfortable with it? No, it wouldn't. You know, there, it feel now that James Washington is going to be out for two months, they'll yeah. probably bring in someone. I mean, is this the Will Fuller spot? <laughs> Like, well, are we going to see Will Fuller? I mean, he's sitting oh, out hasn't there. He signed yet, man? It's so I, I, wild. It's very wild. You know, the, I had this is total speculation and total rumor, but yep. Green Bay was courting him heavy, and he didn't want to go there because of weather. Speculation, I don't know this information. This is something mm-hmm. I'd heard. So that's why he ended up signing in Miami. But it was odd that once he heard his hand, he never came back. We don't know what his commitment... I mean, I think it's safe to assume that his... Um, or it's it's safe to at least explore and have the conversation about... Is his commitment to football there? We don't know, right? I mean, right. his talent is there. So
0: who else is out there right now, right? I mean, there's... Well, so so. there's one name that I was kind of thinking about. And he's... I I, I don't think he retired, but Antonio Brown. Now, nah. obviously what happened... <laughs> he's is, not going to play this Is he this done? Show. You think he's done? Well, there was...
1: In the beginning of the year, there was surgery that he needed to have in yeah. order to play. And he said, I'm not going to have the surgery unless I'm signed first. And I think... Team said, have the surgery, and then we'll see if we'll sign you. So it was right. chicken of the egg. And I don't blame them. Who wants to have surgery that they don't need just to go play in the NFL? There was no guarantee he was going to be signed. So yeah, uh, you know my goes- best guess is that we don't see Antonio Brown this year. So, yeah, I mean, is this lineup for Dalton Schultz again? Right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. That's, Dalton yeah. Schultz uh, was tight end three last year. Not that he's this overly athletic no. superstar, but he was somebody that Dak Prescott trusts. What really this – this means is probably Tony Pollard is going to have a, a, a bigger role. He's uh, in early camp. He was lining up as a wide receiver. That's one of my favorite things. This wide receiver, running back X is, is taking snaps to wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> it might actually happen though. Uh, there's also a couple other guys. I mean, no name guys that just, you know, names on the back of jerseys that we don't know about yet that yeah. could emerge. I mean, Noah Brown is still there. Uh, TJ Vasher uh, was, was uh, you know, I think he was hurt all of last year. He's a, an older, you know, red shirt rookie uh, that he's, you know, got some size. So there's going to be guys that are on the team that we don't know. I mean, I'm not saying any one of these guys are going to turn into Victor Cruz. No one knew who Victor Cruz was at this time no. the year he broke out. But there are going to be players on that roster that we don't know about that do, you know, have 35 receptions on the year. Maybe, you know, 28
0: receptions. So um, do you know, is, is Simi Fujoko still on the team? I think he, he is, is he gone. Cause I kind of liked him as a, as a prospect. Like he was, you know, he's an interesting guy. He's, athletic. He's super kind. athletic. Yeah. I mean, he's six foot four, 222 pounds. He's a big bodied player, but yeah, it looks like he's still in the Dallas Cowboys. Just drafted last year in the fifth round. So, you know, players like that will have an opportunity to emerge, but how I about this be, one? How about yeah. the Marvin Jones? Could he be traded to, well, it's interesting. So, um, I was listening to the football darhards and they of course have Mike Dempsey who's very plugged into the um, Jags to the Jags. And he was talking about that. Yeah. I mean, it's very realistic that Marvin Jones could be the odd man out in this offense.
1: Darius Slayton might be, I'm just thinking of like wide receiver fours or wide receiver fives that may not make their team that we still think are like decent players. And you know, the Cowboys could be waiting for one of those guys to get cut like a Slayton uh, Marvin Jones, you know, guys that,
0: They probably wish. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't go after like a Julio or something like that. Like, look, Julio's not what he was and he, but he's, he's a death piece, depth piece on Tampa Bay at this point. Like, you know, if, if Godwin is ahead of schedule, like he appears to be and actually starts say week three, week four, I mean, Julio's not going to get starting reps. So, I mean, to me, that shocks me a little bit. Like, why wouldn't he sign with a team where he knows he can be a starter? Can make a difference. I don't think Julio wants to be a full-time player. I
1: think Julio wants to play in warm weather. Dallas certainly qualifies. It's indoors. Yep. Uh, you yep. know, he wants to play. But Tom Brady is one of those guys that you want to go play for to win a championship, right? He's, you know, he, he, he's Steph Curry, right? Tom yeah. Brady is Steph yeah. Curry. He's like, everyone wants to go play with him. Uh, and if Julio probably i mean he 'll play he probably if there 's like a rain game, they probably won 't use Julio if they 're down by a couple touchdowns they'll probably if they 're up sorry if they 're up by 10 nothing in the first quarter, you probably won 't see Julio until the fourth quarter it 's going to be very difficult for fantasy uh, there 's going to be a few weeks where Julio yeah. has twenty points but Julio, Julio wants to be on a Super Bowl contending team. he probably mm-hmm. doesn 't view Dallas like that. Um, uh, we I you know friend of one of uh, friend of uh, my podcast Mark Stopa had told me in April that it was all but certain he, he had had some uh
0: inside information I guess you mm. call it that Julio was locked and loaded he was going to Tampa really I mean I guess it kind of makes sense you know you get him in those seam routes he basically plays like the pseudo Gronk role a little bit and he's just going to be uh, an end zone or red zone um target which. Sorry, Kyle Rudolph fans. It ain't going to happen. It's just... I, not, I that it was, like,
1: man, not that he was an, a red zone target in, in Atlanta, but yeah. <laughs> Stop.
0: That's just mean. Come on, Al. That's, that's just mean. Okay. So I want to be uh, cognizant of your time, but I want to talk to you about what are some of your training camp battles or just storylines that you're following that you think are going to be impactful for fantasy football this season? Yeah, some one of the Buffalo
1: bill it's very re, uh, the buffalo bill running backs is what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. It's very odd that everyone thinks Buffalo is a top 3 offense, but both of the running backs go in round 8 or 9. That's almost unheard of, right? I mean, I know Josh Allen is capable of getting 9 touchdowns. I think last year it might have been around 6. I I'd have to check that. But what if Josh Allen has three rushing touchdowns because he's becoming more of a passer. Now that means that one of the running backs is going to return third round value. The way I figured it is, let's say for example, that Devin Singletary, uh, un- it suffered an unfortunate injury. We don't yep. wish injury on anyone. And he was out for the season. Where would James cook be getting drafted tomorrow? He'd be going on the two, three turn, right? Yeah, is that yes. fair to say?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right.
1: So why though that, that, specific situation is something I'm interested in. I, in a, a few drafts, I took them both and see how it shakes out. So, but as far as training camp battles, I want to see what happens in Houston. <laughs> I know that's like, yeah. you know, it's kind of like nobody thinks of them as a good offense, but one of those guys, Marlon Mack, a couple of years ago before the Achilles injury, Achilles injury was a thousand yard rusher. He had eight touchdowns, right? I mean, he's available readily in the 13th and 15th round. I know full
0: circle. The reason people weren't taking JT was because of Marlon Mack.
1: That's it. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. they respected Marlon Mack. So now he's got himself a a projected starting role, you know, and I know that everyone likes Damian Pierce, but he is a fourth-round rookie. So that would be another situation I'm following. Uh, I want to see how that Houston shakes out. And the other situation that I'm really paying attention to, and not that anyone's disputing that that Austin Eckler is the locked-in primary running back there, but what's Isaiah Spiller's role going to be? Because – There is a role available for a running back to have a low yardage, like a 700-yard, 650-yard season, but like 10 or 11 touchdowns. Austin Eckler was complaining in the offseason that he was taking too many hits. He needed a a running back to absorb some of that short yardage stuff. Now, Austin Eckler had the big touchdown season last year, but prior to that, his season high in rushing touchdowns was three. Three rushing touchdowns if Isaiah Spiller can show ball security and be reliable, there is a, a very easy case to see that he earns a role where he has 10 touchdowns, maybe a low yardage. So that's another situation I'm monitoring the preseason. What's Isaiah
0: Spiller's role. You know, it's really funny. I was to say I was out on Isaiah Spiller might've been an understatement. Like I, I, I wanted to have nothing to do with Isaiah Spiller, but once you have just a little bit of time, just digest information he is kind of the perfect running back to land in a Chargers uniform along, alongside Austin Eckler. In college at Texas AM, that his role was in a committee back. Like one of the selling points when they were recruiting Spo to go to Texas AM was the fact that we are not going to wear you out. Mm, you're going to be in point. a committee so that when you get to the NFL, you're going to be fresh. Now, obviously, he had we well, didn't really use that to combine, but he didn't do much to combine. He didn't test or any of those things. He went just his pro, bit, pro day. The numbers weren't great. And the truth is, one of the most predictive, um, I guess, indicators of success in the NFL is a running back's athleticism. That's just a fact. Okay? So people were really worried about him. But the fact that he, in college, still had close to 200 rush attempts every single, every single year, over 1,000 rushing yards almost every single year, and he had close to a 10% target share, he can do everything. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He can get touchdowns. So he's going to have sneaky value, and what's interesting is I was chatting with one of our um, one of our members in the Discord, and he took um, Isaiah Spiller. I think it was like the two point three or two point four, which at my first instant was wow, that was that's early for Spiller, man. But he's going to have a real role, and mm. I like Damian Pierce, but a player like Isaiah Spiller could this year, as much as I hate to say it, could have more fantasy relevance just because he's on a good team and maybe he gets. Into the box ten times and gets that AJ Dillon type workload because that's that that's his talent level that's what he's going to do so I think that's really interesting um yeah where were you taking Isaiah Spiller like are you comfortable taking him oh like yeah I've been I've round? been
1: single ra- single digits I'm going so, ninth round eighth round where you know if I'm ahead. yeah yeah I think he goes in the tenth eleven I mean think about this if if there if there's a preseason game and he you know, has a couple touchdowns in a preseason game. I mean, you're going to be paying a seventh round pick. So if you have an early draft, I mean, last night I tried to sneak him on my roster for a dollar and I was in the end game and somebody had two and they got him. I was a little pissed off at that. But yeah, now I've, and then in, in some rookie drafts that I'm in, uh, I traded up to get him. I, I got enough of him where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I, for all the reasons you just described, I, I'm in on him. And, you know, it, there's obviously no guarantee with a fourth-round running back that could draft over him again next year. But for this season, I like his chances.
0: There you go, baby. Okay, for the people, before I get you out of here, Al, other than Isaiah Spiller, name one or two guys that you love drafting, let's call it, after round nine. So after the top 100 players off the board, who's a guy that you're, you love getting shares of on your redraft teams or basketball teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, so far I looked at my um, my portfolio yes. and <laughs> and my most uh, my most rostered player is still Paris Campbell, man. And th- the case is easy to see. I mean, he was yes. high pedigree, yeah, high pedigree draft player. He is uh, all the camp reports and the buzz have been that him and Matt Ryan are connecting. He operates in the part of the field where Matt Ryan likes to throw. He had he's just had some bad injury luck. I mean, he goes in the fifteenth round. I've been jumping up ADP to take him in the thirteenth. So if you're in a yeah. draft with me, you're probably Probably not going to get him unless you want to overpay. Uh, last night the auction draft, I tried to sneak him through for a couple bucks. Uh, he, did, he went a little higher. He went for like six or seven. I'm not willing to do that since I have so many shares of, of uh, Paris Campbell. But there's not even a tight end there that, that is going to command targets, you know, what's Bo Alley Cox. I mean, so the, the tar, they did draft a a wide receiver in the second round, Alec Pierce, but it's a rookie wide receiver. A lot of, you know, there was a sense that he was overdrafted. I still like him, but yes, Michael Pittman is going to be the alpha, but it's, it's not. And also when we did see Paris Campbell, he was he was pretty dynamic. He was pretty good. So it's uh, if I was to put a, uh, an optimistic projection on him, you could see a situation where he has 68 to 74 catches, about 800 yards, and gets in the end zone about five or six times,
0: almost like a Brandon Cooks light type of season. Yeah, talent has never been an issue with Paris. It's health. always been the health. It's always been the friggin' health. And Al Pierce, look, super athletic, but we've seen over the years we've been burned when we get like you know infatuated with these. Super athletic wide receivers. That athleticism doesn't translate to fantasy success or NFL success. It just it, it it's not the prerequisite. And then you look at okay, you know Alec Pierce. He was the alpha playing with Desmond Ritter in Cincinnati. What was his line in college? Granted, I know it was a low passing offense, but he had 85 targets for 50, 52 receptions. He had 884 yards and he had eight touchdowns. I guess the touchdowns we like that, but he wasn't even very productive. So what what are we talking about here? And, he, and here's the thing he didn't really impress at the senior bowl. Like, yes, he was fine, but Jalen Tolbert and Christian Watson totally blew him out of the water. So, I, I'm especially for this year. I'm out on Alec, Alec Pierce if it burns me, so be it. But, yeah, man, Shea Paris. Yeah, I'm in love. I love and,
1: it. and here's a, a piece of fantasy advice for, yeah. for the listeners of the podcast is that. Anyone that you're drafting in round 12 through 16 in your typical draft, these are basically glorified waiver wire pickups anyway. So if you pick someone around 12, you're not wedded. You shouldn't be wedded to them when the hot waiver wire guy comes up. So there's no ADP. Don't pay attention to ADP in rounds 12 through 16. If there's someone that yeah. goes in around 15, you want to play chicken a little bit. That's fine. But I always just go up and get the players I want. I'm always a, in a leagues that still have kickers and defense. I'll take those guys in the 13th round. I'll want the elite guy because they're going to start for me every single week. And then just to close it out, just to give you a running back as well. Um, someone that I think you should be interested in late. And that's Daryl Henderson on the, uh, on the Rams. Uh, You know, Cam Akers, as you know, is coming off a devastating injury. Didn't look great when he came back, but a report came out. We're recording his podcast on August 2nd. And Sarah Bishop, who is the ESPN reporter uh, observed that both of those guys are splitting reps, Akers and Daryl Henderson. McVay called them both uh, co lead running backs. It, it, You're paying up for Cam Akers at this point. You're you're getting him in the third, late third round, early fourth round if you're lucky. But Daryl Henderson, you could get a piece of the Rams' backfield, which, again, we like the team. We love the offense. In the 11th round, 12th round, it's it's just as good as a bet. And neither one of these guys has been able to stay healthy. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's just someone that today my attention has gone to. I'm going to make sure I secure a few extra Daryl Henderson, who wasn't on my radar prior to today.
0: As usual, sharp as hell, Mr. Alan Soslowski. So (laughs) how do the good people find you on all the different platforms?
1: Yeah. uh, My name, at Alan Soslowski, A-L-A-N-S-E-S-L-O-W-S-K-Y. It's in the show notes below on all the big platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok. That's where I put out a lot of my content on TikTok and Twitter. And of course, follow RotoWire on YouTube, uh at RotoWire, putting up tons of videos every day. And I, of course, Shane, I love what you're doing over here, what you're doing with uh with Kevin, the geek. Uh, I follow along. As I've told you, it's appointment listing for me. I think you guys are doing a great job. I think honestly, I think you guys are doing a better job with the with the site, with the content than when I was doing it for sure. You guys have really taken it to the next level. So I certainly appreciate what you guys are doing here.
0: Well, I mean, you're the OG. We're just trying to pay homage, right? <laughs> um, so it's not blowing smoke. Like, legitimately, you guys got to go check out his stuff. He's always starting shit on Twitter. That's what you love. But it's really that it's that video content over at TikTok and YouTube. Where, I, as far as I'm concerned, you're an expert at this point, and you're the man. You're, you're really making a big difference, and you're you're building a niche for this fantasy community because, frankly, we don't do it very well. And you are a trailblazer. So I really appreciate it, Al. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for all I've learned from you. Um, anytime. When, is it, when does the the magazine come out? That's the last question. When does the magazine come out? Is it's it out.
1: Else? It's it's out. It's being shipped. Uh, so it's funny you said. It. So you're talking about the Rotowire magazine, yeah. which Shane, you participated in a couple of the drafts. It should be uh, you know, they uh, it should be shipping now. So you should have your copy in a day. If you want to uh get a Rotowire magazine, it's uh slash magazine. And you say, what the hell do I need a magazine for? So you remember when you used to go to like a a ball game, a basketball game, a baseball game, a football game, and you'd buy a program and you'd have that program to commemorate, or you'd buy like a. TV t-shirt or a hat, wow. something to commemorate the season. I like buying a fantasy magazine. It's only 6 bucks and they ship it to you free to commemorate the season. So I still have 10 years going back of fantasy magazines. So I, oh, I remember when this, you know Jimmy Graham was a first round pick. It's it's kind of nostalgia for me. I put them in plastic bags and stuff like that. So if you want to get a copy of the Rotowire magazine, which has all the great information and in a lot of evergreen articles and stuff from you, Shane, you participated yes. in that. You did a, a write up. So you're sh- promoting it. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. yours should be on the way. Um, I will check in on that for you. I haven't even gotten mine yet. Rotowire was a little late getting it out this year. Um, uh, they had some
0: printing issues, but those are all fixed and everything's on the way. I love it. And last thing I, I promise yeah. you guys still have the promotion week free. It's rotowire.com oh, forward slash sure. try. Sure. So, if you want
1: to check out, and we always think that the best fantasy players uh, try out multiple draft kits. Like you shouldn't just yeah. get one. And it's, I mean, if you if you want to just get one, that's fine. The DFS Army one's amazing. I subscribe to it. So, you know, full disclosure, I always check in and see what you guys are doing. Uh, but if you want to try the Rotowire premium content, you could do it for free right now for uh, for two days. We're letting people peek nice. behind the paywall for two days. Just go to rotowire.com. Forward slash try and just put in your email. There's no credit card. There's nothing to cancel. Anything like that. Just you got a peek behind the
0: paywall. Word wire.com forward slash try. Love it, Al. So thanks so much for coming on the program. All the details are down below. So make sure you go check it out. For Al, I'm Shane. We have of course the DFS Army Bold Calls Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in.